Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. At Anchor Church, we like to say, we have this hope. During this series, we learn about the past, present, and future of Anchor Church and everything that we stand for. birthday anchor church it feels hey let's do hey i don't know yeah we didn't do that did we let's do thank you for that let's do it everybody has one of those little kazoo things let's let's do it all right ready one two three (laughs) that sounds so ridiculous (laughs) i feel left out that i don't have one that really did sound ridiculous from up here but you know it's it's all good um it's our birthday, so I thought, you know what, what, what could we do to, to, to celebrate our birthday? And, and what we've been doing in the month of September is we've really been talking about who we are as a church. And, and if we could pull up the logo uh, of our anchor, and, and I can explain that uh, just real quickly. Uh, our logo, I wanted it, I'm, I'm inter- interested in graphic design and different things like that. That sort of speaks to me, you know. And, uh, and so I wanted our, our logo to be able to speak so that when anybody asked, hey, what's Anchor Church all about? Well, uh, it, you know, it's not perfect. There's blemishes in our logo. There's, there's imperfections. And so, you know what, we're, we're an imperfect church filled with imperfect people. And so that's very obvious here if you, if you really start to look at it. And so I wanted that to be obvious. And so we're not perfect. And so the first week of September, we talked about how as people, as, as, as um, children of, of God, we are not perfect people. Uh, and thus, we're not going to be a perfect church. So sorry. Um, and then, and then um, because of our imperfections... Uh, we need a savior. And, and in the middle of our anchor, there is a cross. And I actually explained the history of the anchor and how it was the early Christian symbol for, uh, for, for Christian followers before the cross was because uh, the anchor itself was a symbol of hope. But in the middle of our anchor, there is a cross uh, because it points out the fact that we are in need of Jesus because of our imperfections. We are sinners and Jesus died for the sinners. And so that thus we need Jesus. And, and more than just Jesus on a cross dying for our sins, he came back to life three days later. And so at the top of our anchor, there is a symbol of the empty tomb. So we hype the hope every single Sunday. We want it to be a fun time. We want it to be a time that's encouraging. We, we, we talk about the hope of Jesus every single Sunday. So we wanna hype the hope of a risen savior because not only did he die for our, our sins, but he came back to life and defeated death and, um, and buried, uh, buried death in the tomb with him uh, as he walked out. And so uh, because of what he did for us on the cross and because of his uh, resurrection, we want to live outwardly, and these arrows point outwardly, uh, and we wanna be a generous church. And so when we talked about being generous last week, it wasn't just with money, it was with our time, because we could be generous with our time. Sometimes we say that our time is the most expensive thing that we have, or the most um, precious thing that we have. Uh, we could give of our talents. We can, we can give of, of different talents that we have, different things that we are, are gifted with. That's how we can give back. Uh, we can give back with our treasure. Those are three T's, time, talent, and treasure that you hear in the corporate world a lot. Treasure obviously is money. We can give of our finances. And, uh, and the fourth one that we added as, an, as a church is our testimony because we all have a story to share. And it's one of my favorite questions that I probably don't ask enough is, what's your story? 
And so we talked a little bit about how the power of a testimony, the power of, of, of your life and your story in Christ can really mean to somebody and it can really make a difference. I'm sure there's been somebody in your life that has made a difference in your life based on something that they told you or a relationship that you had with them, but that's, that's a testimony. And so time, talent, treasure, and testimony, we can be generous. And so we are a generous church. And so I wanted to point this out again because the whole premise of, of our church is the fact that we have this hope, which comes from Hebrews 6, 19. It says, we have this hope, which is an anchor for the soul. Jesus is the anchor. Jesus is the hope that we have. And hope is alive because Jesus is alive. And I thought on our first birthday, if there's any verse to really kind of... Um, celebrate the birth of, of a church is, how about the birth of Jesus? This is, this is a Christmas message. So in Luke chapter two, we see the birth of Jesus. And I, I wanted to point this out to you because, well, you'll see in here in just a minute. So let's read through this together. It's gonna, words are gonna be up here on the screen. In Luke chapter two, it says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius uh, was the governing of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in the feeding trough because there was no place for them at the lodging place. In the King James Version and other versions, it's the inn. In verse 8, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim the good news of great joy that will be for all people that today a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Bars. So anyway, um, thank you for the one of you. Um, what is unique about this is I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the birth of Jesus and the birth of Anchor Church and obviously they're not the same, but, but, but God has gifted us and given us, us this church and, and really the, the whole vision and the purpose of a church for me in my mind was I wanted this to be a comfortable place. Megan, Megan says at the very beginning, this is a safe place. We don't mean that it's a safe place from anything that can harm us. Sure, we like to think that that would be the case, but I think it's a safe place because it should be a safe place that you would feel comfortable inviting your friends to. It's a safe and comfortable place that you know that you could sit here and, and it would be a time where you would be encouraged and maybe a little bit challenged, but it's not gonna be a place where you're going to be embarrassed. We're not gonna embarrass anybody here. And I don't want it to be a place where, where people would feel where they were not welcome. I've been to um, a, a church before, or I should say when I was in college, I was church hunting. And, um, and I remember pulling into a parking lot of a church and I was terrified of going in. We were about five minutes late and I didn't know, you know what the routine was and we pulled into the parking lot. We couldn't find a parking spot and ultimately I said, you know what, let's just go. 
And, and I thought about that when we were talking about the planning of, of Anchor Church. And I thought, you know what? I don't want a, a church, like, I, I don't want a church to be a part of a church that's not welcoming. We put signs down the street, hopefully to encourage people to keep coming. We, we, we put people out in the parking lots to welcome people out there so that, that they see a smiling face and that there's something comfortable about that. We put a banner out in the back over here. If you saw it, when, if you parked in the back, it says, welcome home. We really truly believe that this is a home. And that there's a place for anybody and everybody here. And we put uh, people out and signs out to encourage people and, just, and, and some music hopefully was playing outside just to, just to liven it up a little bit so that you feel a little bit more comfortable, especially if this is your first time being here on a Sunday. For many people, there's high anxiety about going to a church for the very first time. It's not a comfortable feeling. But when there's somebody out there to greet you and welcome you with a smile and just to shake your hand or to, to say hey to you, or when you walk in and they've got some awesome donuts, like, that's a great thing, you know? We want, I want this to be a great place for people to come and feel comfortable. Because the last thing I want to happen is for somebody to pull in and say, you know what, I don't think this is the place for me. Because we believe that this is family and this is a place for everybody. And I think that it's, it's important for us when we talk about our anchor, it's up here still, you don't need to change the slide, but there are blemishes in it. It's not perfect. And that's the first thing you'll hear me say about our church every single Sunday. I, I feel like I say that. We're not a perfect church. We're not, we're not perfect people. And I think that sometimes we have this high regard for, for other people and we looked up at people, keeping up with the Joneses and we think, man, I can't live up to this status or I can't live up to this expectation. Sometimes we get expectations and labels put on us by other people and we feel like we can't amount to whatever people label us as. There's a lot of different things that we feel like we can't measure up and level up to. And it's because we're not perfect. But yet we try to keep up with the status quo. We start watching people on Instagram and we think that they've got the most perfect life ever and it's not fair because I've got this life and it's not this. And really what we're looking at is somebody's highlight reel. It's, not, it's the best of the best. It's not the worst of the worst. It's not the everydays. And then I read this passage and I think about Jesus and, and who he is. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. But he didn't come down seated on a throne. He came down as a baby. And when you start to research this a little bit, now my wife makes fun of me. If ever I, I say that I was researching something, she'd say, oh, you researched, huh? That's really, that's really intelligent of you. But I was researching this. And it talks about the shepherds. These, these were the first people that were notified about this baby Jesus this Messiah. And there were shepherds that were out there and they were keeping over their, uh, watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord came to them and said, listen, don't be afraid. I've got great news. The angel could have came to anybody. Could have came to King Herod, who was the one who was anti-Jesus, anti-baby Jesus. He was a jealous king. But the angel came to the shepherds, to the everyday people. At this time, they would look to shepherds as lower class because they were out there with the, shepherd, with the, with the sheep in the middle of the night, sleeping with them. They were not clean. They smelt bad. But they came to the shepherds and they, or the angel came to the shepherds and told them, hey, listen, the Messiah is born. He's here. He's wrapped in 
swaddling clothes and they've placed him in a feed trough. Now, the history of this is that, that, that Mary and Joseph, they were looking for a place to stay and, and, you, you, and you hear and you probably know the story of them not finding any room for them in the inn. It wasn't like there was a hotel. This wasn't like the Holiday Inn. There wasn't anything like that back then. And really what it was, was there was a bunch of houses made out of stone everywhere. And when it says that there's no place for them, there's a Greek word that is, um, that is in the original text that is, um, cow, it's like calzone, but it's not calzone. It's calzone. And that original word talks about the dwelling place of, 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 of a guest. This was a guest quarters that they were trying to, to place them in. They couldn't find any guest quarters. This was a place where they had family, but yet every, the town was full. And history will actually say that it was towards the end of September in the early October time. So really us talking about Jesus being born Luke 2 really kind of is the traditional time that they believe, many historians would believe that Jesus was actually born. Sorry to burst your December 25th bubble. So, so at this time, Jesus is, is, is born in this feed, they place him in the feed trough in these houses. It's like a one-room house. There'd be like a, a one-room area that's big enough for a couple different people to be in, for the family to be in, and maybe there's enough room for another guest or two to, to come in. But what's unique about this is that there was actually like windows and areas where animals, livestock, would actually poke their heads in and, and eat. They would actually put the feed trough inside the house. So it wasn't very uncommon for these animals to be very much a part of the house. So these shepherds that have grown up and been a part of this industry, like really for all of multiple generations, these shepherds that were approached by the angel in the middle of this field where the, where the sheep were sleeping, when they heard that the baby was wrapped in swaddling clothes and was placed in the feed trough, that touched really close to home for them because they grew up in a very similar house to the ones that I just described. And when they were born, they were probably placed in a feed trough. So what's so awesome about this savior that was born, and he's, he's just like us. And that's what made these shepherds so familiar and so um, recognizable that this Messiah would be for them because he was just like them. This wasn't high and mighty king. This was everyday folks. This was an everyday person being placed in a feed trough just like they probably were. And so when I think about a Jesus that comes and rescues us, who is a king of all kings, who is a savior for us, for our imperfections and for our sins. I think of a savior who came down from heaven, not on a throne, but into a feed trough. And he's just like us, but yet he's different because he was perfect. But yet we can familiarize ourselves with him because it's like a down to earth thing. And so when we talk about community at Anchor Church, there's two things that I think that really are something that everybody looks for in a church. One is community. We long for community. And when we have a savior that is coming to this earth to, to dwell among us, it's, 
it's awesome to think that he is so similar to us, that he's not completely separate from us, that he lived among us and he was here and he, he, he did everything that we did. He went through the same emotions that we went through and we might pretend that we don't go through certain things in this life, but really we all go through the same things. We all go through the same things. And we know that Jesus did the same. He went through the exact same emotions and feelings that we went through. And I think that that's what really can bring us together as a church family is to say, you know what, let's drop the mask. Let's drop the facade and let's just come together as a group. Let's just come together as a family. Let's just come together as people with one cause and that is Christ. And that's what a community is all about. And so we long for community and my goal at Anchor Church is for us to be able to have a community where we can have different things going on, where we can participate in groups, where we can sit in each other's living rooms and really kind of talk about what's going on in each other's lives. We could drop the mask, we could drop the facade and really just spend time with one another and be able to do community the way that it originally was. That we can carry each other's burdens, that we could care for one another, that we could support one another. That's how the new church, that's how the church in the New Testament was found. So we long for community. And that's my goal, that's my heart for Anchor Church, that we would be able to have a community that you'd be able to call home. The second thing that we long for is purpose. We long for purpose. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says this, that without revelation, people run wild but one who listens to instruction will be happy. Another version would say that without vision, the people will perish. We long for purpose. And I wanna encourage you to have a vision in your life. God has something special for you. He has a gift, he has a talent that, you ha that he has given you, and he has given you a vision for something. And I wanna challenge you to just chase after it. Many of us have been a part of something special here at Anchor Church for a full year, maybe even a little bit more. And God has placed a vision in, in my heart to be able to share with everybody. And maybe some people have caught the vision, been able to participate in that. And maybe you have your own vision where you say, you know what, I wanna participate in something that's bigger than me. Because we all long for purpose. If you open up your phone. If you haven't done so already, there is uh, on the hub, we have uh, all the scripture and different notes and some follow-up questions that you might uh, have for uh, the rest of the week. But there's a couple things in there. And the first thing that I have in there is that uh, a vision for your life will bring focus. Like if you don't know what God might want for you or what you're doing in this life, or you feel like you don't really have a purpose and you're longing for a purpose, try to find a vision for what God wants from you. He's given you something. He's challenged you with something at some point. But a vision in your life will bring focus to your life. And the second thing that is on here that I have for you is that a vision for your life will bring endurance. So maybe you feel like you're going through a hard time. Maybe you feel like you can't keep up with some other things that are going on in your life. When you catch a vision for what God is doing, when you begin to understand your purpose, you begin to, to really gain that endurance to be able to keep moving forward because you are focused. And at, at Anchor Church, one of the things that we like to do is we like to provide 
an opportunity for you to live out your purpose. We have people serving all around this place. This place just doesn't pop up like it is every single Sunday without the help of multiple people. And it's people who are living out a purpose in their life, who've said, you know what? Yes. Yes, Jesus, I, I, will, I will take part in whatever it is that you want me to do. There's a song that we sing very commonly that says that uh, my life is in your hands. All my hopes, all my plans, my life is in your hands. And it just gets to a certain point in our life where we just have to surrender. And so today, I don't know what your purpose is. I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what your vision is. I don't know what's going on in your life. But my goal and my hope for you, because we have this hope at Anchor Church, is that you would be able to find a community that loves you, that cares for you, and that you'd be able to find your purpose. Because we believe that there are opportunities for you to be able to do something here at Anchor Church where you'd be able to discover your purpose. A few weeks ago, we asked people to send in some different things that has helped them and has changed their life over the last year or the, the, since the time that they've been coming to Anchor Church. And I, I, I can read a f- multiple of these things, but every single one of these that got turned in, whether it came through the internet or it came on one of these pieces of paper, it is a part of one of these two things. It's community or purpose. This person wrote, God made me excited about church again. Because when you are excited about church, you are catching the vision that God has for you and you're just slowly starting starting to discover your purpose. That there's an opportunity for you to be able to be in fellowship, to be in a community of other believers, to be around other people. This person wrote that God has opened opportunities for us to bring our friends to Anchor Church. And it's the opportunities like that that is, it's, it's all about community. We feel that we have found a home. Anchor Church has helped me bring my family closer together. Again, that's community. And also that's purpose. Same person wrote that they're focused on their relationship with Jesus. And they've established a routine that involves prayer. Another one here that says church is about relationships. Learning how to serve and be a part of something that's bigger than them. There's opportunities for you here to discover your purpose. And there's opportunities here for you to be a part of a community. I'm telling you, some of those things are the hardest to be a part of. To just jump in and be a part of something that's so difficult. I can think of times where I wasn't invited to be a part of a church, but I wanted to be a part, but I never went. I was never a part of something because I never got that invitation. But I'm telling you, when you step across that line and you challenge yourself and you really kind of just surrender to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm all in. I want to be a part of something bigger than me. You'll start to see the vision. You'll start to gain your purpose. You say, God, I need more people in my life. I, don't, I can't do life by myself anymore. It's something we say a lot, that we don't want you to do life alone because there's people here that care about you. You might not know them yet, but they care about you. 
and we want to welcome you to be a part of the family. Because family, for a lot of you, that's all we have. And if you don't have a family, we want you to be family here with us. Because we have this hope. We have this hope for you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.